Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. We're in season five, Brandon. We're, Crazy. We're just past halfway through season five. Uh, our guest this week is Renya Nelson, CEO and founder of BrandAid. Hi, Renya. Hi. It's great to be here, you yeah. guys. Thank you no. so much. We, uh, we're so grateful that you came. Our guest, our guest last week uh, didn't show up. No. Well, I mean, he, yeah, he apologized and stuff, but no, he didn't show up. Should I name drop the guy who didn't show up? No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, not. Maybe not. He can make up. He can make it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give think, him a chance. Uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, so let's get started. Okay, so Renya, uh, I want to give you the opportunity to just take a couple minutes to, to introduce yourself, how you got into marketing, how you started BrandAid, uh, and anything else that may be interesting people would like to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, um, for introducing me already. But um, my name is Renya Nelson, and I am the founder and CEO of BrandAid. We're a promotional merchandise agency uh, headquartered in downtown Salt Lake City. I founded the company in Venice Beach, California after working for, actually after working in a variety of marketing roles um, in Los Angeles. And uh, I, I branched out on my own because I knew there was a need for a younger person selling merchandise. Um, so, sorry, I feel like there were a few questions that popped up in there. First, merchandise, is that just another name for swag? That's what I call it. You call it merchandise? I do. Is that because swag is like, Tacky. The poor man's first version it of it. Is that true? <laughs> and if you call it tchotchkes, I'm like, I'm out of here. I've never heard it called tchotchkes before. No? <laughs> oh, it's a very common, very common uh, Here or outside of Utah? Outside of Utah. And then, you know, some people notice trinkets and trash. Trinkets and trash? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you're in, so, you're in the industry. So I I'm imagine. in the industry. I'm in the, in, I'm in the industry. I've been in the industry since 2011 and had no former experience prior to that. But while I was working at an experiential agency, um, and for those of you who don't know what an experiential marketing agency um, or what they do, think of uh, the Red Bull girls that you see out in a branded car that go to college campuses. They've got the branded backpacks, mm -hmm. their uniforms, and anything they hand out. But experiential marketing at the time was such a big deal when I was working in Los Angeles. Every company was moving, not every company, I should say major companies were moving tons of money of their marketing budgets into experiential. And experiential really just means get someone from your company directly in front of a consumer. So while I was there, I had a really great job. I was working for, we had, they, they had put me on as the national event director for Amp Energy, uh, which is, was a Pepsi brand at the time. I believe it still is. Um, cousin to uh, Mountain Dew. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Great drink. <laughs> You're saying the amp is a cousin to Mountain Dew? Yeah, it Dew? is. I've it never is. had either one. Um, you never had Mountain Dew? I don't think I've ever had Mountain Dew. Really? Yeah. What? How'd you avoid that? It's it's like, I, I can't even get near it. <laughs> so is that your drink? No. 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 In fact, we had free amps all over the office, and I started drinking them when I first started working there, because it's like having Red Bull around, right? And mm -hmm. it's 2 o'clock, you just drink one. I've never had a Red Bull. What? Have yeah, you avoided caffeine altogether? Monster? So I have not had caffeine in a beverage since February 12th of 2002. Wow. So most of these brands like Monster and Amp and all those didn't exist at that time. No kidding. Yeah. Man. You completely avoided them. You have not had any caffeine since 2002. I have not. 
good for you. Yeah. That's impressive. You can't find time. many people in the world like you. That's right. So I live. That's off right. Of, I live off of A and W root beer and Sprite. Love my Sprite. Interesting. Anyway, sorry. No, it's okay. Keep going. It's okay. Experiential marketing. Experiential marketing. So it was my job to sponsor events, and since at the time we had a ton of competitors, Monster was big. Monster had totally was owning the, you know, trucks and. I, I I get into this place like yeah. it's monster. So, so to be clear, extreme sports kind of stuff. Well, to be Red Bull really owned extreme sports mm. as well. So Monster was a little bit more rednecky. Without mm. saying, she that. said rednecky. I remember seeing like BMX. I say that though. No, it's fine. It's not fine. BMX motocross. I remember seeing a lot of them wearing monster gear. Yeah, which is a little more redneck. Yeah, of that's an extreme true. To this sport. day, I can watch television shows that even have like, if someone's taking a car apart, you know, redoing cars, anything like that. <laughs> and there are monster energy mm -hmm. hats on. I mean, I, I notice everything that's branded. Unfortunately, hmm. it's like, I can't, well, I, I can't step out of the house without seeing something that's branded. So to be clear, <laughs> you worked for an agency that represented AMP. You did not work for AMP. That's correct. Okay. So they, so... Nobody, the, the brand team at AMP was really the brand team within PepsiCo, right? So every two years, Pepsi um, changes out their uh, brand brand teams. Anyway, the AMP team had a phenomenal... Their internal team or their... Their like, internal team. I believe it's two years. Um, I should probably get that checked. Is that but true? I think like they hire people and they're like, you're here for two years and then you're out. You're on this brand for two years. So they keep brands fresh. Oh, gotcha. So they, oh, gotcha, so they okay. hire brilliant people, but they say... They just rotate. Yeah. And so hmm. you're going to go from that to Diet Pepsi next. All right. Who, who are we marketing with Diet Pepsi? Mothers. Okay, great. So you got to change your demographic completely. That's kind of cool. It is, but it's also really difficult. So when I was at this marketing agency, I'm working on the AMP account. The target demographic was 18 to 23-year-old men, young boys, really. You could find young them pretty boys. much anywhere. <laughs> pretty much anywhere because they're always out on a bike or a skateboard or something. Um after working with AMP, though, I was transferred to, not transferred, but we got a new client. We got a Trident brand, and they were launching a new gum that was called Vitality, which is no longer around. It was like a total test test gum type of thing, and it had, you know, vitamin C in it and green tea and all this. Healthy cool gum. Thing. Healthy gum. Healthy gum, exactly. Mm -hmm. Air quotes. And, and our, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... The demographic was like 30 to 35 year old women who do yoga, a much harder demographic to get to. You don't mm -hmm. understand. You change up a demographic in marketing and you really have to switch gears completely. Yeah. You guys know yeah. this, you're marketers. Mm -hmm. No, that's funny. I, I, I'm just thinking about how difficult it would be to market healthy chewing gum. It was actually. You know, it didn't catch on. It, it was kind of ahead of its time. I feel like as soon as they figured out sugar-free gum, it was over. It was over. Yeah. And who eats like gum that just has sugar in it now? I don't know. I had some yesterday. But you, that was that was a what, fluke. What I don't kind? Know. It was Hubba Bubba or oh whatever it's called. Gosh. I don't remember. I just grabbed a handful of candy and threw it on my desk and there was one piece of... In I, the blue Hubba and Bubba? yellow packaging? No, it was, it was Easter. It was Easter. So it was like pastels oh. or something. Anyway. Okay. okay so... <laughs> you started in Venice Beach. Uh, you said Venice, Venice. Beach. Be Venice Beach. Venice Beach. Uh, the other question that came up that I was holding on to until this exact moment is why would you leave Venice Beach to come to Salt Lake City? Oh, the question I get asked 10 times a month. <laughs> well, then maybe? you should have a really well-rehearsed answer. You know what? I went through um, a life change. 
um, what you call a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm familiar with the term. You've heard of it before. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a also it's a, known as a life. It's a thing. It's hard. <laughs> you got to do a, a lot of changes in your life. Uh, and you could not be in the same city as this person. Is that no? What honestly, uh. not. It was just that the you know I had already lived on the east side. Um, in Los Angeles. So I lived in Echo Park. Then I lived in uh, West Hollywood after that. I had worked in entertainment. That was what I originally moved out to LA to do. I wanted to work in the music industry. And, um, you know, I found my way to working for a big major fashion trade show called Magic and then wound up working for this marketing agency. And so part of me knew that if I stayed doing my own business like I was, how was I going to grow it? And with, with bills to pay. Because in LA, you know, I started looking for another one bedroom apartment. And I was looking at 2,800 bucks a month. So at the end of the day, it just kind of came down to like, I need a break. I just, I need a break from the grind. So so that explains why you left Venice Beach, but it doesn't explain why you chose Salt Lake City. That's true. So Salt Lake City, my, I grew, born and raised in Salt Lake City. Okay. All right. Yeah. So okay. And roots. Uh, my roots. I had been back that previous year four times because my sister had a baby. And so it was, you know, mm. baby shower, all that other stuff. And typically I'd only come back like twice a year. But during the, those times, I just saw the city growing. And so instinctively, I knew that I needed to get in on the real estate market before I was blocked out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So my options were stay in LA, go to go rent a really expensive apartment, hustle your butt off to get this company to where you can afford to not have to take all these side gigs all the time, yeah. which everyone in LA has to do. Right. For the, not everyone, but a lot. And or buy a house my dad told me i called my dad and was like so if i was ever going to get any money for a wedding Mm -hmm. can we act like that's never going to happen for me (laughs) (laughs) um like for a down payment for a down payment yeah i didn't have a down payment and i didn't really have any credit either i needed his down payment and his Mm. financing so he he agreed to it He, he understood the position i was in and didn't want me to you know he he knew we could help and he has two daughters and he's helped us both in ways that are really subtle, really cool dad way of, of yeah. helping us out. And he helped me out with this down payment. I got into real estate. So I, for the first time in my life, I had a mortgage payment. So kind of going from like really down and like my tail between my legs. Believe me, my tail was between my legs when I was driving a 20 foot box truck up mm-hmm. I-15 at 40 miles an hour <laughs> with all my stuff in it. Like going, I'm never going to be relevant again. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun image. It's a fun movie. I was really fun. Um, but you know what? Salt Lake, you know, so I got here in, it was November when we closed. So not a good time to Move. land in Salt Lake City because you know what you're getting into is the ugly January mm-hmm. where it's inversion and no Cold. one comes out of their house and just <laughs> like, ugh, it's gross. Um, but we, but I made it through. I made it through that winter. And sorry for the ums and the buts. If you can edit that out, go for it. If not, keep <laughs> no, it I in. stopped doing that a long time ago. I know it's too hard. I'm sure. Yeah, but you love Salt Lake. I, you know, I can since tell. Since I've been back, it's been incredible. The for, within the first six months, I get a call from the agency I used to work for, and they said, "Hey, we just landed a um, big wireless account. We need a ton of stuff. We actually need uh, a web store. Can you run a web store that services 5,600 stores nationwide?" I said yes, and um, then uh, I'm running to an old girlfriend of mine from high school, and she asks me to join this mastermind group, which I don't know if you guys have ever done a mastermind. 
And if not, I can explain to like a group, the people listening. Like a think tank? Yeah, so a mastermind, for those of you who are small business owners or marketers, they're really, really helpful. It's typically six to eight people, and there's always usually a moderator or two. And you stay with the same group for a minimum of like six months to a year. And each month, it's a different topic. You don't really have any homework, but by month three or four, you get used to these people and you can really get honest with each other. And it's just kind of a soundboard. It's a way for you to get opinions on, hey, I'm this is what we're thinking about doing. What do you think about this? You can you can really bounce good ideas off yeah. of people. So I was introduced to this really cool mastermind, which like expanded my network. Next thing you know, I have an, I get an off in my first office space. That was after I was working out of the downtown library. Um, but then I got an office space and moved into a different office space, same building. And uh, then I joined the Goldman Sachs program or got into that program. And that just introduced me to so many business owners. So... I would say, yes, I really dig Salt Lake. It has the highest millennial population in the country, higher than Austin, which is like known for its population of millennials, but it's the highest mm. uh, millennial population I per didn't capita. Know that. I know. I Pretty. love Salt Lake. Do you? I do. That's cool. I do too. I, I, it's, it's changing. It's a slow changing place, but it's changing at a lot faster rate. And I've been able to have a lot of um, like conclusion, I guess. I've been able to join boards and go to community meetings and get really, really involved in yeah. the community since being here, which is something I couldn't do in Los Angeles. You don't even know what a community is there because it's, it's really, it's um, the neighborhoods are really separated. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's hard to explain. I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but I told you I would. No, tangents are great. We love tangents. So now you're in Salt Lake City. You started Brand Aid. Started it in LA. Yep. So st- I had. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You started it there. You so brought I dro- it here. I drove it here. Yeah. I what d- is that sound? Is there a phone ringing? Do you hear that? There's no. I, I is that? I'm. Is that? Am I the only one here? I hear it. I hear it. You it, know what? It might be. There's a. There's an electrician next door. Probably oh, a annoying thing over there. Okay. Well. So, so you, back you to drove brand data. I drove. Over bra- <laughs> 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 um, yes, and then. And then I grew Brandade. So I had a friend of mine that used to work with us. Uh, he was out in Los Angeles. We wound up opening up a, an office out there. The majority of our clients are in Los Angeles uh, or New York or San Francisco. We're barely slowly baby grow, growing our, um, not slowly even, our, our clients in Salt Lake have grown dramatically in the past uh, two years, I would say. How long has Brandade been around? Since 2012. Oh, 2012. Seven okay. Years? How you many know, our five-year anniversary flew by me, and I didn't even notice. That's messed up. <laughs> that's that's well. That's what happens when you're a small business owner. You're so you're so in the thick of everything. You just don't you don't reflect. At least that's what happened to me. Do you find that it's like harder to get clients? Because that's always like the thing I you you hear where like even just from like a, a job standpoint, like oh I've got to move out to Silicon Valley to get like a really good tech job. Whereas where you're seeing this, this rise in remote work, right? Where mm-hmm. you can live in Montana and still work for a company from a business perspective of picking up big clients. Did, have you noticed a difference where you're not taken as seriously being headquartered in Salt Lake versus if you were in LA you know, that's type thing, because awesome your costs question. are in half, right? So your, your costs profit is much higher. Absolutely. But do you lose that credibility of not being in LA, so to speak? That's a great question. And that was something I was most concerned about because here I was, you know, servicing my clients, still living in LA, obviously really staying relevant, mm-hmm. staying on top of every trend possible. 
uh, and then moving up to Salt Lake. So what? So I was so concerned, like, oh, they're not going to want to work with me anymore because mm-hmm. I'm in Salt Lake. They're going to think I'm dusty or something. Yeah. But that's com- dusty. <laughs> <laughs> that's like been completely opposite the case. And I don't know whether or not they know instinctively that the cost of, of doing business out there is so high mm-hmm. that, yeah, well, why wouldn't we just, you know, people buy from who they like, right? Yeah. We all know this by this point in our lives we're old enough to know it was a hard lesson for me to fully understand and I didn't even know I was in sales until my mom told me I was about three years into my being in business mm-hmm. but the clients that I started with with Brandy that are still our clients today which blows my mind and I want to thank them all all the time just for sticking with me and trusting mm-hmm. me with these big accounts and big budgets it's been you know it's been huge I was able to grow kind of drastically overnight out the gate and um i i have to now go out and visit them not not have to i get to go visit them but i that is a must Mm -hmm. it's a you can't stay away from your your you can't stay away face to face from clients yeah you just can't do it Mm -hmm. now with big clients who who spend money with you and you know you're you're doing big projects together yeah you have to go out there so so we're we're in la quite a bit i need to be out there more yeah, who doesn't? So tell me this: what when when a potential client is looking for your services, what are they looking to accomplish? When a potential, so a lot of clients that we work with are finding us organically. A lot of them through um, our blog posts that we've done, and I think clients that we work with are often looking for another agency. And so I've set Brandaid up just like an agency. So we're just, we're not order takers. I don't want to do an order of non-woven poly bags for anybody. And if you guys don't know what that is, which probably you don't. I don't. Okay. It's, it's the typical grocery bag. And I actually think it's a good bag. It's a bag that you would buy um, from Harmons, right? But maybe Harmons would go with a laminated version. A laminated non-woven poly bag is great, but uh, non-woven poly is a really, really inexpensive material. That's just like a, st- a grade above paper. And it's just not a product I like. And so I don't, we try not to, to I just went it. somewhere where that was what they put their, I don't want to say swag now. What'd you say? Merchandise? Is that Merchandise, <laughs> promotional products. <laughs> branded Mer- products. Yeah, they're branded products. They put it in this bag and I can't remember what it was, but it's like straight into the trash can, you know? When, yeah. When you go somewhere and that's what they hand you, it's just like, you're literally making me hold something. Absolutely. And what does that do to your brand? Your brand just went in the trash. Someone put your brand in the trash. Yeah, I wish so I could remember because I would definitely name drop that one. That was recent. What anyway, it, I don't event I, I was at? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Okay. So we, so, we, we specialize in high-end products. And yes. that doesn't mean that it's a crazy budget. I mean, I might push you to a bag that's $2.50 instead of a dollar. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, oh, can you get this bag for a dollar? It's like, no, no, because I've, we tested that bag. It doesn't last more than a couple months. And so when, again, something you've given to a customer, a client, a potential lead, anything, their back, your back breaks, it's such a bad look. It's just, it's such a bad look. So we definitely, quality is a big, big um, component of ours. Whatever. Do you focus a lot on design? Like there's, I mean, our company, for example, we have a, a vendor who does all of our merchandise and whatnot, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is like, okay, yeah, you want a sweater? Send us your design and we'll throw it on there and whatnot. It seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandaid spends more time 
also with the design. Like we're going to design yeah, you a really a cool question. sweatshirt. Yeah, whereas I, I ours to, does not really do that. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I failed to remember to, to say that because one, we had a client in the gaming industry who told us two years ago, the reason that we work with you guys is because your design is always mm-hmm. better than our own design team does. And that was from a gaming company. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, uh, that's we should probably tell people <laughs> that. We didn't know. Just kind of was something that we figured we you should do, right? Mm-hmm. Because if someone's ordering a lot of merchandise, you need to show them what it looks like together, right? In a deck. Yeah. And what is that? crew neck going to look like next to the hat and does that all feed into a lifestyle product collection and when i say lifestyle do you want me to tell you i'm sorry go no i'm not going to stop you now that you like what is lifestyle (laughs) lifestyle in my opinion is um are brands that hit every aspect of what you do in a day-to-day in your life right so from the drinkware to the sunglasses to the hat to the backpack it's 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 a lifestyle where is that person that you are giving this person this thing to where do they go when we're putting together a deck of ideas for executives we we once had a, an rf not not an rfp i guess because it wasn't out to a lot of people but we were working with the merchandise guy at tesla not tesla uh spacex mm-hmm. and he said hey we've got sales reps that go out all over the world that need that we need to give they need to give gifts to but these have to fit in their suitcase and they're going to executives of companies that own satellites which means they have buku bucks right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what can we do so that's that becomes complete ideation for us like we have to you know pause stop what we're doing we need to get into the mind of this super wealthy executive who probably is really excited that someone from tesla is coming all the way to Japan to talk to them about their satellites. SpaceX. Right. So what are we going to, let's, let's do something that's going to go on their wall. So one of the things we came up with that we didn't wind up going through with them, which was a bummer, but we wound up coming up with a a dartboard that was the same shape of the um, launch pad where they launched up their rocket rockets because it's a circle. So that's how far we go, yeah. right? So let's go let's go further into these rockets and what do they look like and and then the darts could be the rockets. And then with the other idea we had was a clock that was like a countdown until their next um launch date. Hmm. Pretty so, cool. Yeah, that is cool. There's so many there's so many products out there. But there are I think ton. common people just think it's bags, it's drinkware, it's a t-shirt. And I'm like, "Ugh." Or pens. Yep. Well, I'm like, pens? We don't need to talk about pens. But we only sell a, a few brands of pens. We don't sell really inexpensive pens. No, that's funny. Because you just dogged on doing pens, and then you say you have pens. I'm like, yeah, we got pens. Yeah, we got pens. So, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got pens. <laughs> I want to I talk about the marketing side of... Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm going to say swag. That's, say it. That's my word. I like it. Do it. Uh, Stuff we all get. That's right. Here I'm going to say <laughs> I want to talk about the marketing side because I've ever, I've never actually put uh, thought into the swag I get, right? Meaning I get swag and I think it, it feels random to me in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, maybe it doesn't. I've never thought, oh, this is random. I just, from a marketing standpoint, I've never thought we need to be more thoughtful about what goes into are offering as far as Absolutely. swag goes. Yeah. So, so I want to talk about that when, when you have a new client or existing client, and they've got a new campaign or w- whatever it ends up being. And they, and they come to you guys. I imagine you put together this whole plan, right? So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily, sometimes it's one product. Sometimes it's a multitude of, of products. Yeah. 
what's the what's the process you go through to determine what what swag to to hand out that aligns with their campaign goals? Okay, that's a great question. And there are two different projects we've worked on where this has come up. Well, not most projects, this all comes up, but these are two projects that I'm going to tell you about that I, I was talking to someone about recently. Um, we were asked to put together some ideas for an AARP Latino um, event in Cal- Southern California. Uh, this was a couple years ago. So I was ta- so the person I was talking to actually worked at a marketing agency and didn't have any ideas. And so I said, let me, you know, I, I'm going to think on this. Let me get back to you. And so what I did was, okay, it's AARP. This is retired people, right? The Association of Retired People. And, but this is for Latinos. This is not for, for any other demographic besides Latinos. What do Latinos love to do more than anything in the world? They cook and they get together with their family at a park. That's what they do. They take, I mean, especially in Southern California, they'll take over a park for a quinceanera. They'll take over a park for an any day barbecue and their friends and family. I mean, 70 deep will come out for that. Yep. So, all right. They cook a lot. This is an event. They're going to be walking and you know, you got to think of all those things. It's really hot outside. So should we do sunscreen? Oh, it's a throwaway item, right? Well, mm-hmm. it could be there are certain sunscreen bottles that aren't throwaway, but what, what what can we give to them that will that we can that they can take back to their home so it stays with them? Um, and Umbrella. So we, no, actually, we came up with um, Tupperware. Oh. So a little Tupperware that has like four compartments, and uh, you know, it wound up being a success. And who throws away a Tupperware? No, right? but nobody throws away Not Tupperware. Not many people. And you do a quality Tupperware with AARP with something that is, you <laughs> know a Latin or or a Spanish uh, phrase on it. It's great. What was the Spanish phrase? I don't remember. It's probably, oh. I don't know. <laughs> Aging together? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So uh, as far as, uh, here's, another, here's another question I, I've, uh, I've just, I just barely thought of just now. When, when companies, whether they're small business or like an AARP, who have, you know, they've got tons of money, when they're thinking, we've got budget, what should we spend it on? Mm-hmm. How do you help them decide to spend it on you? That's a great question. Because, I mean, they have so because many channels. They have so many channels, absolutely. And their money could go anywhere. Why would anyone, why should Choose anyone spend money on, on merchandise? Swag on swag, over on branded, digital, digi- or SEO, or anything right. like that. So here's something that we've been noticing. We have a lot of clients that are coming to us now and uh, for, for, for influencer kits. So we are making a ton of influencer kits. So influencer marketing, really fun, which is huge, which is huge. And so it's a combination. So we're seeing that it's that our clients, that digital marketing is, is not the only thing that is working for our clients. Mm -hmm. They know that if they give, if so, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, we've got, let's see, it's one of our clients is, um, kind bar and they're doing, they just, we recently did an influencer kit for them that was seeded to. The, a list of influencers that they gave us that they had built contracts with, and so these are these are Instagram, you know, people, uh, people in the health industry, or or fitness, that are already kind of kind lovers, mm-hmm. so to speak, and and we've done this for a few other brands as well. And so what's cool for us is that the ROI is fascinating because we get to watch the hashtag, like we get to watch our products 
go onto Instagram with a ton of likes and it just kind of blows up. So it's a combination of both. Now, if had they just spent the money only on digital, which they do, they have a huge budget for digital. Yeah. I mean, every I was just I was just in uh, I was just in Seattle, and then I and then last week I was in um, Huntington Beach, and both times I saw kind commercials on the on the uh, airline. I was on, so I was like, wow, they're everywhere. And then they were serving kind bars. Hmm. I'm like, oh, I can't get this is crazy. So <laughs> the cool part was that we built a really beautiful box that that so that the box inside the box was some awesome products and what does that do to that experience it ups that experience like crazy kind is now giving their influencers really good products and with with their logo on it that now these influencers can pull into their instagram threads are those being used as payment or as like cherry on top cherry on top props Props. <laughs> like have this in the background of well your you know some of them story. do it some of them do some of them don't you know you I know that you guys understand the power of influencers. When we first started uh, the conversation, their, their brand team is phenomenal. Um, one of the, the girls on their brand team I went to high school with, and she used to work for another agency in San Francisco, also in, uh, that represents a lot of healthcare products. And now she's in New York working with Kind. And um, the, this has been like part of her initiative. She's just got a really you know, progressive way of thinking. Let's. Let's not just spend money on influencers by sending them a, a few boxes of Kind Bar. Let's let's give them some good stuff that, again, falls into their lifestyle. So what they did, uh, well, what what we did with them were these uh, bento boxes. Have you are you familiar with that? What that product is? No, I'm not. Uh, bamboo lid again. It's like a Tupperware, but with stainless steel, like a stainless steel Tupperware. It's kind of a Japanese thing. A bamboo lid bento mm. box, and we belly wrap wrapped that with a Kind Bar uh, thing. We had these little. Um, light boxes that have kind bar on the top of them that you can write different messages on uh glass bottles glass bottles are all the rage with anyone on the coast you guys no one's drinking <laughs> uh glass <laughs> bottles with bamboo lids and oh my gosh i'm forgetting oh we had these moleskins that were in there that are great everyone ne- loves moleskin i love moleskins right yeah they're the best Renya, so, I, uh, so it was fun and, and the box is branded right so the whole thing is an experience yeah from from once they open it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm learning that there are different echelons of swag, which makes sense because I say swag and what I consider swag is the stuff that you wouldn't include in, like you'd be like, no, that is Never. so. Yeah. Ugh, that we, is so, we have vendors ugh. that come in sometimes and I'll, and I'll tell them, I'll like push some of their products to the side. Don't bring these back in. Mm-hmm. And just to say, hey, look, let's, let's tell the whole industry to stop selling this stuff. Yeah. It gets thrown away. We already have enough in our landfills. Let's let's consider reusability. <laughs> I'm also getting the, the the sense that right now I'm getting to see the podcasting Renya persona. I want to know what the CEO Renya persona <laughs> looks like. Like when you say that vendors come into your office and you're just like pushing their stuff aside. That's not who I'm seeing right now. Uh, like what kind of stuff are you pushing aside? What kind of stuff do you like wretch at? Are you just like, oh my, this is disgusting. I don't even want to touch it. <laughs> like you, 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 you have your hand sanitizer and after you push it to the side, you squish some hand sanitizer in, and in front of them, you're just like, this is nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. CEO Renya is, um, so when I say that I'm always kind to people, like, I mean, I would never hurt their feelings. I'm just going to hurt the feelings of the products they're holding. <laughs> And what I mean, typically, it's like drinkware. 
you've you've all and you guys have kids. You've probably seen some drinkware that's totally okay for kids. I mean, she calls the, it drinkware. I, like everyone water else calls bottle, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no I, I don't apologize. I have so much drinkware. I'm going to start calling it that now. You've brought You'll a like, certain amount of class to this whole industry <laughs> I never knew existed. Uh, as I was driving here, I was thinking, you know, I go to a lot of conferences and swag, tr- there's it trends, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. it was, uh, at, pens were big and notebooks were big. Pop and, sockets. And, and, oh yeah. Oh, I hate pop sockets. Uh, right now I feel, or last year, I feel like the biggest thing, I went to a conference in Boston, the biggest, the, mo- the thing I got the most of, sunglasses. Really? Everywhere. I got like five pairs of sunglasses. Because I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that sunglasses are ever quote unquote trending because they're always, always being sold. By the way, I... Next time you go to a meeting and people pull, throw to put their sunglasses down, take a look around the table and notice, I bet you one out of 10 people has, is wearing a promo sunglass. Maybe two. <laughs> Maybe two. Maybe, I'm going to go that far. I'm going and to. I want you to I'm text going to. Me. I'm going to look. I'll, sure, I'll text you. I love getting sunglasses. I have four pairs of sunglasses in my truck. So when I have my kids in the car, they're like, can we have sunglasses? And I just pass them out to my kids. Yeah. And they just wear these sunglasses and then and then they give them back and go in the console. But I, I, I went out of my way at this conference to go find the sunglasses so that I could get a collection <laughs> of sunglasses. I, I used to have a pair of really nice Ray-Bans. Lost them skiing. Oh. I was like, I'm never spending that kind of money on sunglasses again. So now it's like, I'll wear, I'll wear all your sunglasses. I will send you a whole box full of sunglasses for your kids. I'm sure you can. Don't say that. Don't say that unless you're telling the truth. Okay. I will. I will. I'll have to just write it on my hand so I really don't forget. (laughs) You would even wear glasses like of a boring company like Remax. I don't. Yeah. Here you go, man. It's like big old logo on the side. You'd like go to a restaurant. And like walking with your Remax glasses. No, no, no. I my, love my that sungla- you just called Remax a boring <laughs> well, company. Ouch. I'm trying to think of like a, a very profitable company, but at the same time, no one wants to wear American Family Insurance. Sure. I don't take I don't take <laughs> these sunglasses out of my car. Like okay. I don't wear sunglasses except when I'm driving. But yeah, I'd wear Remax while I'm driving. But I think their hope is that you're like going to go to the beach wearing Remax glasses, and then people are like, "Oh wow, Remax." Well, let's talk about the numbers and the data behind that. Thank you. So. That, that logo is an impression, right? Mm-hmm. You can choose to put your money into a billboard, a digital billboard. A, okay, a billboard that doesn't change, a digital billboard. Those are things that aren't even online, okay? Um, a bus, a bicycle, sometimes, you know, city bikes now you can brand. Um, a, but a, a city bus, right? And you're mm-hmm. seeing, when you're seeing a huge ad for something on a bus, you might not be taking it in at that moment, but you're you took it in like mm-hmm. some, some some subconsciously some it went there somewhere. How do you measure that? Well, that's called an impression. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, you work with impressions and digital too, which means I kind do, of the same so thing, but it's easier to, to measure, right? Online. Online, it's not. Oh as yeah, hard online, to it's easy. I'm like I'm in the business of physical goods, so I'm always thinking, okay, so. We just did um, some T-shirts for for an event in Florida for Chase Bank, right? So those went to all these people who, who did a, a race. Now, I, I know that there were 3,000 of them, but I'm not in Jacksonville, Florida to watch like the town over the next like month and a half or go to mm-hmm. the gym and check out how many people are wearing that shirt. I don't rem- know if you guys remember when Google Fiber moved into Utah. 
but they had do you guys remember the shirt i no i don't remember the shirt but i remember, remember what happened i have a shirt you of, do what yes. is it what is it do you I have mean, the shirt do i don't know the if it's shirt. the shirt i have a white shirt with like a bunny i think no no going no, across no. and google fiber no these were charcoal gray i don't have a charcoal gray one heather shirts did you do these shirts i no, we didn't no okay but uh i remember seeing them everywhere they had it was brilliant too what they did it was they put you know they had their people go out and put um door hangers on doors on business doors and really the door hangers were just like hey welcome to the neighborhood we're so excited to be here redeem your free shirt on through this code so you know you get to the office in the morning you're like oh that's a cool shirt and there's a picture of the shirt so it was a bunch of white dots of the state of utah on a charcoal gray shirt and then i'm gonna see if i can find it yeah i'm sure you can and then i think it was like salt lake city the dot because i'm trying to figure out how they got the five colors you write the five primary Mm -hmm. colors that are google logo yeah over the next Six, seven. Oh, yeah, I found it. You found it? Over the next like year? Is that that's it? That's it. Yeah, that's Hashtag it. Hashtag fiber is coming. Fiber is coming. What a cool. That is a, kind of a cool shirt. And it was a good shirt. It'd be way better if the hashtag weren't down there. And it was just like I Utah with the. I don't even remember it being on there. I think it may have been on the back of the. Does that look like that was digitized on there? Uh, no. It, no, it was it, definitely on there. It, yeah, because you can see it in the crease of the shirt. Ah, got it. Okay. So what a cool way to 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 bring awareness. People at the gym, I mean, ten people each time I went to the gym were wearing that shirt. Those it looks like were, they did those shirts for each state and city they went to. Isn't that There's cool? There's like an cool Alabama concept, one or something right? Like that. Yeah, I do like that. So now you're taking now you're taking a product that you spent a little bit more money on, but that but that ROI that that person's gonna wear that shirt probably twenty five times. 25 is that it's it's yeah it's it's a it's a known statistic and the apparel i can't i'm sorry i can't tell if you're being serious is that true 25 wears yes and i'll confirm that for you all of you you out there (laughs) so this has always been an interesting topic for me the the swag for shirt the shirt swags Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense you're wearing a swag shirt right now i yeah i am i'm wearing a vivid shirt which i don't know i feel like that's slightly different since i work for him but what I've found is that companies usually have crap shirts. Yeah. Like the, the, the really thick. A like, Gildan five, 500. Sorry, Gildan. Whatever. They're <laughs> monolithic piece. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't a know. A really thick shirt that kind of feels like paper. Once you yeah, wash it, and you it goes wide and short. Yeah. You don't like that. Mm-hmm. You don't like that. But, but there are certain shirts that I will wear just because of the fabric alone. So inbound.org had a really cool shirt that was really soft they don't do that anymore inbound.org doesn't even exist anymore but mm. i have two i have two of those shirts uh we look at the tags later and take pictures and send them to me sure <laughs> <laughs> uh i'll tell you the best shirt that i've ever had was the uh nike f- what's the something fit profit sounds like a nike name um that's the best best shirt i've ever had i'm so, gonna look it up Next time, take a look at the material. And I like that you're talking about the quality in shirts that you do like and shirts that you appreciate getting. You know, a promo shirt can be one of those things where you're like, do I want to wear someone's logo across my shirt or or across my chest? Yeah. I don't know. It also has to be well-designed. But it has to be, exactly. It has to be well-designed. You you are wearing a promo shirt right now. I am. But it is very well-designed whether you like it or not. You like the design? 
Honestly, yeah, I do. I don't know who designed it. Because it looks like a retail shirt. And I told you that woven label that's sewn on, it's actually, I wouldn't, I would have put it on the left side instead of the right, but it's a pretty. Tell me why you would have done that. Uh, because it's a common. Aesthetic? Is that aesthetic. an aesthetic it's thing? Just, it's a common placement for woven labels. Where else would you put the woven label? Um, well, it's a long sleeve. If it was a short sleeve, uh, I might put it right there, but, but yours is erect. It's a, for you guys can't see what short, the shirt he's short. Wearing. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll describe the shirt he's wearing. He's wearing a maroon long sleeve shirt and there are ribbed cuffs. Um, the collar is like a half inch collar. I like the half he's, inch collar. You do like that. I okay. Do. Um, he's got, it's got, um, the hip part about it is that imprint on long sleeves is very in right now. Imprint. The imprint. I'm sorry. Screen printed. So the sleeves are screen printed. And then there's a woven label on the bottom right side of his hip. It's about two and a half inches long by a qu- three quarters of an inch high. I love and this. This is, <laughs> I like that there are people like you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of, cr- it's hard though, right? It's hard. What's, it's not hard. It's what's difficult. I think is when I started out, it was so hard for me to, to tell p- the clients that understood what, I was about really got it and they were really appreciative. But then as you grow, you have to be like, hold on. You don't understand. We're a little different. You're not going to, we don't want to just take your order. We're going to tell you to order a different style shirt. Yeah. We're going to probably get you into some, you're going to, we're going to get you into spending two bucks more per item. Not because of us. We don't, we're not looking for that dollar amount to go up. We're looking for you to have the happiest employees, happiest customers, and, and just be overall really thrilled with the product that you got. Yeah. Otherwise, why are we in it? Go online. Yeah. If it, So we've almost been recording for 40 minutes. If if you haven't gotten a great idea <laughs> of the type of person that Renya is, let me just say that before we started recording, she walked over to me and asked if she could look at the tag on my shirt. <laughs> uh, and then she wrote the note down of what, what was it? The brand? Is that brand? What is that? I don't know. I'm looking it up later. Okay, she's going to look that up. Uh, again, that's, that's a part of the persona that I say, I'm grateful that they're that type of person that feels comfortable going to someone they just met and, uh, and looking down their shirt. I'm a, I'm a detail <laughs> maniac. Thank uh, you, no, I like that. I like that. So, um, we don't have a ton of time left. We have our last segment that we want to get into in a few minutes, which is digital marketing roulette. Awesome. Uh, we'll I, I want to make minutes. sure this has been helpful for, you know, small business owners and marketers too. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the biggest questions that I've had is, 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 I mean, are the ones that I've asked, right? Like small business owners have a choice to make with their money. Like, and, and a lot of them don't have a lot of money. Absolutely. And, uh, in your industry, I imagine that you play really hard on the vanity approach. That may be an assumption, but if I were in your position, I'd think companies or business owners, uh, they're vain about their companies. Absolutely. And they want, they want their, their brand on everything and they want it to be shown and it's cool and it's hip. Uh, am I off base with that? No, you're not off base with that, but I'll always tell small business owners, you know, who have not taken the step into, into promo that once they do, they're going to start feeling their brand grow around them because their logos around them. And so, you know, a digital logo and with it, with it not being anywhere else in your office besides your business card, there isn't much identity there. Yeah. You guys are marketing guys. You guys know how, how, how important it is to have a very strong, vivid orange all over that office. I'm sure. I'm sure you see it a lot. 
So you're always reminded of where you are. You're never going to forget about that brand. Yeah, sometimes it's actually frustrating how much time and effort and resources they put into uh, the brand within the building. It's like, let's use that to get some more customers. How about that? Wow, interesting <laughs> hearing you say that. See, I would be like, no, put it all into designing everything. Yeah, yeah. But that's not, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm smartest with putting money <laughs> how much of your time is spent branding your own company versus you know, your clients a lot um we've been working on a new website with an agency in los angeles we started the project in 2017 and uh when they came back to us with two versions two versions of the site in 2018 uh it just wasn't quite our brand and so we went back to the drawing board with them and they redid it um, unfortunately, the site that they designed was was designed completely in Java, and so we're actually working with the local developer now to take all of that design, that creative, and yeah, and put it into a different system because we weren't going to be able. We our SER as our our SEO was going to go from like decent to like ghost town. Mm -hmm. That's true. So we do. We spend a decent amount of money on it, and we're looking though. We're always looking. We. I I'm still looking for this phenomenal like creative director in Salt Lake City who wants to work alongside my craziness. So if they're out there, send them my way and let them know that I appreciate <laughs> them and I'm not crazy. I just have crazy standards, you know. <laughs> the digital game changes like every day. Mm -hmm. We all have to keep up with it every day. I'm seeing like new ways of email marketing and new ways things being done on Instagram. Now you can buy things and so hard it's to fun, keep up right? with. It's so fun. It really is. But it, it makes you, leaves you as a small business owner going like, where do I put my resources? And recently I went to, um, so Goldman Sachs is now, was just going through their 18th cohort. And I went and sat on a panel with a, with a, with the owner of Underbelly Creative. I'm sure you guys have heard of them. They're based downtown. And the guy to the left of me, I forget who we worked for. But what we were doing was we were sitting in front of a whole group of small business owners that are going through this program, talking and, and kind of answering their questions about what, where should I put my money, right? So one guy raises his hand and he's a manufacturer. And I told him, I said, I would probably skip Instagram because your customers most likely aren't on there, nor do they care about finding you there. That was what my, I personally felt. I told him that I think he should spend his money in, on YouTube, get a good, get a good, video team into your into your factory and do a series of videos you can do them all in three days and then clip that into a whole bunch of content and then then he's showing people the process of what they make so when you're you know which i think with manufacturing is so much more of a video type of thing yeah so each business is going to be different each medium for each business is going to be different mm -hmm. um i don't think there's like a once we all try to i think a lot of small businesses try to do it all like oh, i've got to be good here and i've got to be great here like we abandoned Facebook a while ago because it was just, just it's changing. Lame. It's kind of lame. It's changing so quickly. It's like I see more of my relatives on there than friends, which is, you know. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> I love you. Anyway. Okay. Brandon, do you have any uh, questions before we move on? Uh, I mean, the one thing that came to mind, which maybe I, I mean, some inspiration kind of half answered it, but. You're going to have brands out there that are big brands, for example. We'll take Remax, for example, where 
they want people to use their merchandise and to not just throw it away in an event because a lot of people look at it as like, oh, we're just going to like throw these around at a convention and then like people are going to wear them. So two questions. One, how do you convince companies? Like let's talk about shirts, for example, or maybe there's a better example, but there's a low quality shirt that they're planning on just like giving out hundreds at an event and you're saying, no, 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 use this quality. It's higher quality, but their mindset is like, I don't want to spend that much. Like what's that conversation like and how do you go about convincing them that the ROI is worth upgrading to the higher quality? That's a great question. You don't need to be an expert to know that. You just tell them, do you want them to throw your shirt away or not? And they say, no, absolutely not. Okay. then. And for us, we have to send them samples. We have to, we like, here's the vintage wash t-shirt. Let's actually do a throwback Remax logo. Mm -hmm. something that like or we just kind of take the remax logo as is and we just give it a little bit more of a vintage feel to it Mm -hmm. throw it on a vintage t-shirt that has a really soft feel and we'll do a a a water-based wash with it instead of a oil because that can kind of crack and peel you know and um and then you you know kind of show the mock-up of the two send them a sample and usually they can understand once you send a sample it's like oh this is what we're talking Oh, got it. We're not comparing apples and oranges right now sense. at all. So Her- once you feel that cut and you're like, duh, okay, yeah. let's go up. Yep. And in fact, that's like, we have to send, we have to do a lot of samples for that reason. Interesting. Yeah. Her answer was way better. And the, uh, and, and we, I guess with the second, oh my gosh. the second part was, uh, which, so I was going to ask like, how do you get a quote unquote boring company or a company that people don't really have like a personal connection with? So like Remax. Well, Google, for example, like the Google shirts, like I would wear a Google shirt because I'm a nerd. So it's like, oh, cool. Google. Google. Like I love Google products. Many people would not. But the way they went about the Utah thing, they created kind of the connection with, oh, I love love Utah and Google was a part of it. So is that kind of the strategy that a company even like a Remax would take where, yeah, we're not just going to plaster our logo on a shirt because honestly, people use our services all the time, but they don't care about our logo we need to approach it a different way. Yes. Is that kind of the approach that you take? Great question. We've been doing a lot of apparel. Um, AT&T is a big client of ours through mm-hmm. through another agency we work with. And they have been pushing in all the markets that they're in. All the markets that they're currently pushing in right now, we're doing the area codes on the shirts. It's They've got this kind of cool mm. template of like, so if it was Salt Lake, it would be like 801 and kind of this old timey letters. And then there's some quote. And then the AT&T logo, I think we're putting it on the way back. Like you, you don't even see it, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool because it's like show respect to where you are first before trying to be obnoxious. Yeah. People are going to still like you for giving it to them because you connected with them. But throw yours on last. Like put the AT&T globe back here. We know mm-hmm. who you are. And the other thing that we'll also suggest is to um, we tend to steer a lot of clients towards um, doing custom label. So like with yours, you have a custom label. It says Vivint in your label. Mm-hmm. What's good about that is like you're putting the com- your client's name in there. So then you can put AT&T in there and you're like, you just have such a stronger yeah. bond. So it's true. So, right. So yeah, it's, like, it's better like than, the, it's better than looking and finding like fruit of the loom back there. Exactly. <laughs> like take that out. Yeah. You just spent all this money on the shirts. It only costs like a buck more to do it, mm-hmm. which can seem like a lot depending on how many you're doing. But at the end of the day, it nobody knows where that shirt came from. It came from AT&T. AT&T made it. Hmm. How cool. Yeah. So I think it's all about getting that slogan down, getting the marketing jargon and being smart. Like, okay, 
Homie, Homie is a client of ours. You guys know who Homie is, right? Yeah, right. Um, all through, uh, all down I-15, I saw a bunch of Homie um, billboards. 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 Um, Are they still the Back to the Future ones? Selling faster than a BYU, BYU engagement. engagement. Brilliant, right? Because you're driving and you're just like, something just made you think. I was thinking that on the way down going, I got to tell their marketing team that like, great job. You made me think. Mm-hmm. And a really cool, brilliant marketer um, that I heard once told me to remember these three words and never forget them when you're doing marketing. Because if you can get one of them, you're winning. If you can get two, you've made it. If you can get three, it's a slam dunk. And that's think, laugh, cry. So if you can, if you can do something that makes it hits two of those, you, you, you don't have to hmm. even one, you're good. But if you don't hit any of them, throw it out, try it again. Think, laugh, cry. I like it. My last question is just more of a rule of thumb. You work with companies, I'm sure, of all sizes. Is there a point to where a company should start thinking about merchandise? Because you know, I talk to a lot of you know investors or successful entrepreneurs, and they'll say, yeah, one of the biggest mistakes is someone starts their company, and the first thing they do is they blow their money on like yeah. T-shirts and stuff, and that's too soon. Is there a rule of thumb that you say, like maybe your revenues to this point, or I don't know, is there some... That's a great. When should someone start thinking about like, should I get into the merchandise game? I think that's a great question. I think you have to think about it in terms of what's the point of you doing it, right? Your cousins and your family members, they'll be like, sure, I'll wear it. Yeah, okay. Or, or I'll take that thing that you made, mm-hmm. the blanket that you branded. Why did you spend that much money on a bunch of blankets? Yeah. Um, I think it should be probably two hundred fifty thousand in revenue or more. You know, it does fall into the marketing category of your taxes. So it is a write-off, mm-hmm. but be smart with your money, right? Yeah. Um, and then really consider what the use is. Is this a gift for your clients? Like, for example, at the end of the year, we try and gift our clients with really clever gifts, right? We've had a long year together and, we, you know, we, we do it multiple times throughout the year as well, but it's been a long year. And we mm-hmm. want to make sure they know how much we value them. So let's decide on a spend and always stick to it and never drop below it. So I think it's important if you're going to give a gift, like do it right. Make a gift great. And then they'll understand your level of service. If you're just going to make it and you have no game plan for the distribution, don't do it until you do. Otherwise, you'll be so upset. It'll sit dusty on shelves. Trust. Trust. <laughs> last question before we uh, get to the last segment here. Uh, what is your opinion of Vox? Vox? There's, there's multiple Voxes. There's the media yeah. company. I'm talking about... We're not talking about them. I'm talking about the swag company Vox, the you know local what? company. I don't know them personally. I only know them through... Um, a lot of suppliers that come through our shop, or you know, like are like showing us their new stuff. I'll usually say, hey, where are you going? And they're always coming out south. And they're going to Vox or Drive or... But I've never met them. Oh. And I don't know that I've... I don't know if know, I want to. I Here's the thing. I'm They do all of Vivian stuff. Do they? Yeah. I'd love to meet them. I'd love to steal some of their employees, actually. Vox employees, call Renya <laughs> at... Um, no, really, we're, we're, we're hiring and I'm trying to... I'm trying to get some. What industry. positions are you hiring for? Uh, account positions. We need. To, we've got a lot of accounts right now that need some real serious attention. People who are merchandisers, as I call them. 
people who love product and love p- pairing clients with product in the way that we're great at. Merchandisers. You would never consider calling them swaggers. Ooh, I like <laughs> that. I'll, I'll try. I'll see. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, you know, I don't, I, like do I said, it. I wish I knew more about Vox, um, but I've heard good things. It's like, but here's the thing. I, I'm more concerned with our competitors in LA and New York than I am with anybody locally because we have our majority of our clients are in the big markets. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay, so this is digital marketing roulette. For those of you who don't know what this is, Brandon is pulling out our roulette table. He's gonna pull out the ball and he's going to roll the ball and it's gonna land on a number. We have a corresponding question with whatever number it lands on. And it's going to be a fun question that Renya is going to answer. Can't wait to roll that ball. (laughs) Here it comes. Okay, so the ball is rolling, Renya. Uh, it's about to fall into a slot. Brandon's going to yell out the number, and then he's going to look at his list of questions. And I mean, ask you can it. all see it. So, I mean, it's number 11, right? Mm, right there you go. <laughs> all right, question. Question number 11. Question number 11. Uh, this is a unique one I threw in for today's episode. Favorite swag slash merchandise item you've ever received? Not that you've made, but that you've received as a consumer. Well, uh, By the way, while you're thinking of that, the Nike shirt is the Flex Fit. Flex Fit. I that love the Flex familiar. Fit. Also sounds like a Nike name. And it's also a hat. Flex ah, fit that's is, where I know Flex, Flex Fit. Is, fit. Is, yep, that's, that's a true. big brand of a hat. Yes. I like Flex Fit. The best thing I've ever received. Okay. One of the best things that I ever received was uh, something. Oh, I'm a liar. It's, a, it's the Dry Fit. I've also heard of that. You're throwing me off. I know, I know, my bad. It's the dry fit. D-R-I-F-I-T. Anyway. Uh, Sorry, I interrupted you. That's okay. One of the best things I ever received when I was working on the AMP account back in the day was a stash can. So they made an AMP, you know, 16-ounce soda that with like a screw-off lid, which I thought was so clever. And it was like a custom one with a certain artist designed around Mm -hmm. it. That was really cool. But, um... I also really love lighters, lighters because I can never find them. And I have t- like 15 candles around my house. And so <laughs> like Zippos, no, just Bic lighters. That was one of the first things I branded for the same reason. Bic. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I can get behind that. I'm sure I've had more. I, I, I always like, liked modifying the Bic ones to make the flame like six inches long. <laughs> Pyro kid. How about you, Jacob? Favorite merchandise item? I feel like I also wrote this question for you because you? I feel like you go to a lot of conferences yeah. and you get a lot of swag and you're very opinionated about Am I? the swag so, slash merchandise. Here's what I actually really like. I like food. I like food. Do you? I do like food. It's good to know. Uh, so 97th floor, they did, they've done a, oh, they have company. a conference. They have a conference. Do you know 97th floor? Uh, I don't know them personally, but I've, I like them. So we both, that's how we met. We started at 97 floor together. Oh, cool. 97 floor has, uh, they started a, a conference last year. Uh, it's called mastermind and they had it again this year. It was just, um, in February and March. Oh, it was in March. Uh, so it was last month up in park city at the montage Nice. and their swag bags are On awesome. Point. Good for them. Cotopaxi backpacks. Awesome. All the swag is from local companies. 
So, wow. so last year they had uh, Kodiak cakes. So I learned about Kodiak cakes and I, and now my wife like buys them all the time. Uh, and this year they had Lehigh Roller Mills Bakery um, powder or whatever mix. Yeah. For like um, uh, pancakes. Kodiak cakes are also pancakes. That's right. But it's pancake in a, in a, they have, they did the, the cups where you just add water and throw it in the microwave and then you eat it out of the cup. Nice. Um, but that's what they did. And then they had fudge and they had, I don't, I don't remember all what they had, but it was all, it was food and it was all local companies. That's real cool. In a Kodiak or Kodiak in a Cotopaxi, which is also a local company. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. So I, I like the food. What a, what a great kit. It was, it was a cool kit. You know, I've, I've received so many things and have so many in our showroom too, that I think it was, even when I go places, I'm, like I'm carrying something right now that I don't know. I get so much stuff. That's great though. Do you do a lot of food or not really? At the holidays. The holidays. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Not typically though. Not tip, not a ton of food. Like I think it's cool when a company's own product can be the swag. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think it's cool that 97th floor took it. You know, that, that took a lot of time for them to go, okay, who are some local companies that we can get behind? Yeah, it's a statement, right? It's yeah. like here are local companies that we support, totally, and they ha they have influence in the in the in the state of Utah, and and so that's pretty cool. Okay, what about you, Brandon? I don't really have. Th I mean, that came to mind that bag that they did with like the theme. I thought it was cool because it wasn't just a bag where it's just like, yeah, we have eight sponsors and they threw in whatever they could, and here you go. They actually put thought into it, which you were kind of talking about, like put thought into the package. And, and if there's a theme behind it, then that's even better. So I thought that was kind of, it wasn't an item per se, but, uh, it was a, uh, it a was theme. It was a theme. Yeah. Which I like, but I like hat. I'm, I'm, I'm super easy to please. I like hats. Beanies are awesome. You know, I'll tell you one that, um, something that my, notebooks. uh, I like notebooks. my fiance, I guess we we're technically that. He was given. Sounds like it's uh, still weird to say. For it you. is. It's you is know. It, it's, is it Facebook official? Because no. Okay. Well, you got to make that happen. I know. <laughs> um, was a charger. So we we also like work with we we chargers. do we, chargers are great, right? But he's got a tower that charges in with a bunch of USB cords. Mm. With a bunch of USB cords, so he loves that. So he can just plug. You know, it's got one plug and then six different USB plugs. And when you're saying charger, you're talking smart. about one of those. Uh, it's like a charger tower. Like is the, is it the the portable ones? What yeah, do, we what, do a ton do, of those. What as are well. those called? Ton, speakers, portable chargers. Is that what they're called? Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Power banks. Power banks. Yeah. 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 That's that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Those are great. Smart. Usually, people we just we actually just branded those for a conference that we also attended in Huntington beach, which is cool when you can show up and get some of your own stuff that, and, and everyone loves them yeah. because everyone's phone dies. That's true. Those are ones that you could go cheap on or, or nice as well. Did you go cheap? You never go cheap. No, don't go cheap. <laughs> no, don't go cheap. Okay. We've got time for one more question. All right, here we go. And <laughs> there it is. I really rolled for a while there. Oh, I love this roulette. 28. Here we go. Last question of the show. I'll answer faster, all you listeners. 
Um, so this one, I think, may have also been a first time we've asked this one. Uh, who has helped you? Who has helped you the most to shape you into the marketer you are today? And today, what, and how? What did they do to do that? Why does anyone? Sound, like why does it sound like you just finished a hooked on phonics uh, <laughs> course? Like because you, I'm reading and I'm wondering, like, did I word this the best way as I was reading it? But who has helped you the most as you look back throughout your career? To, to help shape you. Maybe it was someone you've personally met. Maybe it was someone digitally that you, that you just follow, but uh, who has been that like person? Like Gary, Gary V is a personal uh, no. favorite of Brandon's. You know Gary V? <laughs> of course I do. You don't like him? I like Gary V, but I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> I would say, okay, I've had, a, I've had a few bosses along the way that have been great. Not Didn't shape me into the marketer, though. I think I had that innately within but I've had a few bosses, especially one that comes to mind in LA who just were like totally loved kind of who I was and let me be me and gave me a lot more, that gave me a lot more confidence. And, who was it? And like, his name's Chris McClure. He's, yeah, let's name drop. Oh, he's awesome. He's, he's my favorite human. Now, now he's like, now he works for, uh, he does a whole bunch of things. He's like writing a film and works for Red Bull Music and is Red also Red Bull Music? Yeah. I've never heard of that. And is also a stand-up comedian. He's, he's So he's funny. He's so funny and he's so connected to himself like 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 the world and people. Does he lo- does he have long hair? No, no, short hair. Okay. And he's he's just the coolest. You can probably google him and find him. His name's Chris McClure. Chris um McClure. then I had another boss, Lenore Mason who was um really uh we we were always kind of able to do kind of creative roulette together and we still to this day if she's calling she's working on something and i'll call her and we're, we're like we we're that person for each other yeah then um another okay so my my mom is a very clever person i think she probably should have gone into advertising but she was a nurse but she's such a wordsmith and she's are just, you saying advertising because she's old no advertising you're still advertising i don't know advertising is i feel like advertising is getting eaten by marketing they're combining. Yeah. They're never going to change. They're, they're, they're not mutually exclusive. They're now the same thing, right? There's no ad agency without being a marketing agency or vice versa. But you got to know how to advertise. Yeah. I just think that advertising is uh, lame, I guess. Okay. I don't because what <laughs> I do is advertising on, a, on, <laughs> on products. Yeah. So <laughs> That's true. That's true. You do do advertising. I guess when I'm thinking advertising, when, when I think of traditional, I'm not thinking... Like this is modern. Think? I'm talking like radio and TV. You thinking and, Mad Men? Yeah, I'm thinking Mad Men, right? Where it's like come up with a tagline. Yeah, it, it's fluff. A, a lot of the what I think of advertising is is fluff stuff. Where it's like you have a slogan or whatever that. Uh, in fact, I just read an article today about Slack. So Slack's own blog. They blogged about their new logo that came out this past January. Uh huh. And, uh, what I, what I liked about it was they were like, we're not going to, we're not going to bore you with the backstory as to what every single curve and shape and angle this logo is in, uh, because we know you don't care about that. Totally. And I feel like that's what advertising used to be is you convince someone to use your agency or whatever by having this really great story behind a logo or a campaign that no one was going to read into. Right. Like no one, unless you work, unless you work in advertising, unfortunately, unless you work in advertising. Like, yeah. Like, so I'm sure you get caught into the things of looking at a logo. Do you ever look, do, look at, finish your th- thought. And we'll, no, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty much the thought. We, we could go, we could go deeper 
we'll have you back on. We'll go to well, that's how Apple, <laughs> Apple sells everything with that. Like they don't just show you the phone and the specs. Then they do a five minute video with Johnny Ive talking about the story of how they made these gears work perfectly together and whatnot. Like lame, but that is what sells people. Like they look at that like, holy crap. They I got to have those gears. I, I have to have this when really like every other company does it, but they, the way they posed it was that Apple was the first to do this. They never said they were the first, but the way they positioned it and the story yeah. they told, they made it feel like they just invented something incredible. Totally. They just invented the wheel. And that's why Apple is Apple. And that's advertising. Yeah. But really, I do think that Oops. the two terms within the next, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, BYU has a phenomenal advertising program. Um, maybe it's, I don't know if it's even called that anymore. It is. Still so they still have the ad lab. Which, if you talk to the the up and coming marketers that are coming out of BYU, like they make fun of the ad lab. It's run by a bunch of old guys who don't like change. So they actually last year created a digital version called Y Digital, which is uh, the digital marketing side, whereas the ad lab is more the traditional stuff. You're that kidding is going me? Away. No, I'm not. I mean, really, that's they should blend about. those two together. Yeah, There's... they should. And it's the same college. I mean, it's the same. It's it's in the same building, I think. But it, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, when you think about advertising, it's marketing is eating advertising. Marketing is eating PR, right? All these old things are just getting eaten up. And they're all becoming one of the same. I agree. I, you're totally yes. right. P, clients that come to us will sometimes, oh, do you do PR? It's like, no, the PR agency does PR. But I think more and more companies are just kind of confused by marketing in general because there's so much of it and there's so many forms of it. And if, true. if you're like, like, let's go back to like manufacture or if you're, if you own that sushi restaurant, you didn't go into building a sushi restaurant or opening a sushi restaurant because you're like, I'm a great marketer. So let's just take, let's just take off. And, and you know, most small businesses just don't know anything about marketing at all. If they're lucky, they do. So I think, the, the terms are still confusing to people unless you're in those industries. I think it's kind of probably hard for a lot. Yeah, of people you're right. Up, you know? Yeah, you're right. Totally. Well, we're out of time. Renya, thank you so much for coming on hey the show. Guys, thank you. This you is so are, much fun. Not only is this fun, you're fun. Oh, thank you. So I'm fun. Sure. Oh, I appreciate it. You've definitely brought the, the Vienna beach, uh, vibe. Vienna, not Vienna. Venice. What is it called? Venice. Venice. Beach. Have you never been to Venice beach? No, I've been, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. I used to live in... It's in, in LA. I used to live in Orange it's County. the beach. And then how would, would you... I was I was beach? younger. I was there for eight years. He was, was a muscle young. beach kind of guy. Muscle beach. Which is Venice <laughs> Beach. <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the Arnold that's place. That's Arnold. It's right in Venice. Uh, yeah, actually, I have been there one time. I, in fact, just... Uh, I think it was last year I went there. Uh, you would know. I went there. Were, I did. I did. Street different. performers. Yes. I went there. A lot of... Weed. Um, Weed, yeah, a lot of weed, but a lot of uh, palm readers and like psychics yep. and stuff. Yeah, I did go there totally. last year. Just went last year. And a huge skate park right on the beach. Remember, do you remember seeing that? Uh, I don't remember seeing that, which is crazy because I was a pretty hardcore skater when I was younger. Oh, you would have seen it. I mean, well, it's kind of often. It's you, not you've been there on have... Grand Theft Auto Five, though. So. No, I've definitely there been go. there yeah, on it's... Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> you've it... been there many times. You know the exact edition. <sighs> Yeah. Oh, um, dude, this guy. Gaming, you guys want to talk about a phenomenal brand? How about uh, the the company who created Red Dead? Dead Red Red Dead. Yeah. I don't Rockstar. even play Rockstar. it, but Dane does, and I'll just be sitting there like hearing the story, and I'm like, "What are you playing? This is brilliant." I that's also the only game, that's the only game. Also, I play. Grand Theft Auto. Same yep. company. Grand Theft Auto. And is that the same company? Uh -huh. Same company. Wow. You know, that's like that's a company that started as like, "Hey, let's." 
tell a story and then turn it into a game. Yep. Right? They did a good job. Yeah, they yeah. did do a good job. Thanks, okay. ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you listening to this whole thing. I hope you did. I hope you're all the way all the way to the end with us. <laughs> oh, they all are. You better be. Oh, yeah, all of them. If you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a positive review on iTunes or any other podcasting platform in which you are listening. You can reach out, send us an email. Our email is inbound at belowthefold.io. We invite you to suggest topics or guests or whatever else you want to spit at us. And that's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. That's a wrap. Well done.